The Nerd Chat, an Xbox podcast. It's a podcast celebrating all things gaming, food, and the good old days. Hosted by three BFFs, Daddy Duwali, Chipotle Bear, and Bubble Boy N7. And new intern, ex-Bacon Gaming. This is Cortana. And remember, don't make a girl a promise if you know you can't keep it. As always, Spartans, see you online. Oh, hello. Daddy D. Wally here, and welcome to The Nerd Chat, an Xbox podcast celebrating all things gaming, food, and the good old days. Joining me, as always, is the assistant to the co-host, Chipotle Bear. How are you? Uh, I'm great, man. It has been a whirlwind of news this week in the gaming community, and uh, in addition to chatting with a bunch of our friends, including Ains and Joe and Kyle and everybody, uh, excited to chat about some game stuff. Thanks for having me, bud. And joining us as always is the assistant to the co-host, or the assistant to the assistant to the co-host, Bubble Boy and Seven. How are you? Good. I uh, had a couple of snow days this week, which was pretty fantastic. Uh oh, is it? Yeah, am you I, are way loud. Just the just gain tone is it down up. a little bit. Thank you, Bubble Boy. Uh, as always, he's wait, 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 wait. Because I, I gotta say, as uh, as this as this airs, the Chiefs will be about to win another one. This is my McCole Hardman hoodie that i got on so they'll win their first round of the playoff game how'd the broncos do this year i just was i, I actually don't even know who that player is uh joining us as always is the uh intern to the assistant to the co-host uh eggs bacon gaming how are you gentlemen my love for aces is over i had a motherboard crap on my oh, brand new build had to return it and wow. now I'm all MS, msi top to bottom <laughs> in this piece Wow. So that's what was causing the other day when your uh when Warzone was crashing on us. Is that what was Dude, the beginning of it? I was crashing all the way back to the splash screen, almost into the BIOS. And I'm just oh. like and Asus is like, swap this out, swap this out, have this on hand. And I'm like, Yeah, it's like another grand. I'm good. I'll just go take it back. All right. There you go. You heard it here first, folks. Bacon will not be getting is it Asus or Asus? I don't even know. He Asus. will not be getting that controller anymore. Nope. Moving on to MSI gaming. Let's go. Yep. Guys, let's jump into some TNC shoutouts, Jose. Sorry. Thank you so much. Uh, huge TNC shoutouts to our new subs on YouTube. We have foreign user Golf Wolf twenty two forty four and Tolu Akinbuler. Also, a huge TNC shout out to foreign user for writing a few comments on our last episode. Uh, the first comment was liked and subbed. Have no idea how I got here. And then the next one was Monster Hunter on Cloud. Sounds just sounds terrible. And then on our re-upload, he said, Is this a re-upload? I think the last one was really quiet or something. Bacon, I think I saw you respond to foreign user on that first uh upload that we did. And yes, foreign user, we did have to re-upload. Uh, we had to make an edit, and from now on, Bubble Boy will explain uh, what happened there, and he will do remaining edits from now on. So, Bacon, um, do you know this person? I'm assuming this person knows you in real life, that you paid to be a fan, or is this a real new fan we have here? That is a real new fan. I have oh. no idea who that is, but I always try to engage in the comments when we have one, so 
Um, I'm not sure it's going to be great on cloud or, but hey, let's see. We'll probably we'll start it right now. Uh, yeah. I, oh yeah. Is it is it on? Yeah, it's worth it's a shot to try. Yeah. So shout out foreign user. Thank you so much for uh, writing and following and subbing and keep it up. We'll make sure and respond to all of your questions from now on. You can always reach us uh, directly. Jose, where can people write in if they want to ask a question to the show? Uh, you can always write into the nerd chat podcast at gmail.com, or you can slide in directly to those DMS. All four of them are open for us. Oh, man. just wide open for everyone to slide on in. And then another huge XR. Oh, TNC shout out to Watchdogs for chilling with me on my Terminator stream last night. And Bacon was there too. Very nice guy. We were talking about Terminator stuff. I tried to recommend him to play Fallout 4 because I'm getting a lot of Fallout 4 vibes from the Terminator game. And so huge shout out Watchdogs. Really had fun talking to him last night. We also had a bot stop in. It was, I think it was like Puffly Twinkly or something was the name. We were like, hi. She said hi. And we said hi back. And then it was offline immediately. Had to have been a bot. But regardless, we had some Maybe it was three, Legion. Three, three viewers last night. So huge TNC shout out. Watchdogs really appreciated that. Shout out to Bacon for reminding me to plug the show in there as well. Because I totally was talking to him and didn't mention it. And then the last shout out. We got called out. And I forgot to mention this last week. By the old Porsche Power, a.k.a. Ainsley Bowden. He said to us uh, during their last episode not this last one but the week before on the bitcast called us out and he said he didn't believe or he kind of made a bet with us that uh starfield specifically me i believe that i said starfield was gonna have more players than diablo 4 and so we put out a poll on our twitter and guys the results are in which game will have more players on pc and xbox starfield or diablo 4 as jez corden likes to say it and here were the results we had 64 total votes we're getting a high volume of participation at a very large sample size here with 53.1 percent of the vote starfield won the poll it's it's a toss-up boys i don't know how we're going to measure this but uh, people are high on that st on Starfield. So, any reactions to the poll? I know all of you voted for Diablo, so you're all fired. Yeah, man, and I <laughs> straight win straight up, dude. Uh, despite you voting against our initial conversation, Starfield pulled away. So, Ains, the ball's in your court. When we find out uh, that Starfield has more votes or has more players than Diablo in June or whenever they were released, you owe us big time. Go ahead, Jose. I was going to say, man, it's not that I don't think Starfield is going to be amazing. I do. I think I, I'm an, I, I'm, I will play Starfield first, probably, assuming they come out even around the same time. It's that you added PC in there, right? That was the part that I was just like, if we're talking about like the PC community, Diablo has been a staple of that for literally older than most of us in this room, right? So like that's just hard to, to beat that. And everything we've seen so far with like Lilith and everything just looks amazing. Now, granted, I'm pumped for... Starfield, I know it's going to be wonderful. I'm sure everybody here is going to love it too. I'm just saying, like that's the, that, it's that literally that verbiage that I was like, oh, clearly Diablo. Uh, but again, I hope we I hope we certainly beat Ains and all the, all the awesome guys at Season Gaming. So I'm definitely pulling for Starfield in that regard. I'm just being honest. Bacon, yeah. what do you think? But yeah, the the following on Diablo is next level. It's like wow, it's it's super popular. Being a new IP, I think Starfield has a chance. I want Starfield to be better because I will like it more than I like Diablo, but uh, I hate to say it, but I think Diablo is going to crush on Steam. And 
I and I hear you, but yeah. I looked up both sales and they're both at 30 million at the last reports. So it's it really is 50-50 and not like it's not like PC players don't play Skyrim or Fallout as well. I understand you're you're assuming that that there's going to be more players there, but I, I I it's start dude, this is Bethesda Todd Howard, I think it's going to be massive, especially if it's on Game Pass and if uh and if Diablo isn't on Game Pass, I think I don't yeah, that's know. Fair. That's, that's totally a, fair. That would be a huge win let's hope, for let's hope for a 50 50 split exactly. yeah no i agree i want them both to be well but do i which game do i think has the potential to be better it's definitely starfield i mean i know what diablo is and that's great and i'm sure it's going to look great but we we the potential of starfield as an overall game i feel like could really be awesome so uh ains we'll see you hopefully <laughs> within the next six months we'll have both of these games out and we can hopefully be enjoying both of them Guys, let's jump into some Xbox news for the week of January. Are you waiting? I yes, it. I'm wait. Literally stalling for you. News to, team. I, I just did it again. We don't. News. We're not hearing it. News, news team, team assemble. Okay, Stop. Bubble Boy, we're not hearing it. So yeah, I, I was waiting for you. Every time my computer does an update, I have to like reinstall everything, Jose, right. from the microphone oh, and man. the Sorry, soundboard. That Mac life sounds like a Mac problem. I, I wish he would have got that gaming PC. He'd be good right about <sighs> Everyone's it. Let's move into Xbox news for the week. News story number one, and this rocked everybody's world just yesterday. Xbox Studios behind Starfield, Halo, and Gears of War have also been hit by layoffs. And this is coming from Zachary Body, Windows Central, January 18th, 2023. Changing economic climates and an impending recession have led to thousands of jobs being lost across a multitude of tech and media companies. Earlier on Wednesday, Microsoft confirmed that it's intention to lay off 10,000 employees across the company starting today and through June 30th, 2023. While only representing 5% of Microsoft's massive global workforce, 10,000 employees across a number of division teams are sadly losing their positions, including a number of employees at Bethesda Game Studios, The Coalition, and 343i. Of the three studios, however, it seems that 343 Industries may have been affected the most. The developer has been reportedly been afflicted with long-running hiring freeze uh, during an exodus of contractors who helped work on Halo Infinite. Now, it seems that the studios have been has been hit hard by these layoffs, according to Jason Schreier, reporting for Bloomberg. Despite a strong foundation, Halo Infinite is considered to be of to have been mismanaged at launch with a paltry amount of content and a failure by 343i to address the community's concerns. While the game is in a far better state than it was at release, it's clear that Halo Infinite's reputation among gamers has yet to fully recover, possibly contributing to the announced layoffs at the studio. There was an update to the story. About 60 people were cut from 343. And tying into these reports, we have reactions from former 343 devs. Ex-Halo Infinite developers criticize incompetent leadership at Microsoft following a wave of layoffs. And this came from 
Ed Nightingale, and I believe this is also on Eurogamer. Pratchik Wren, former senior multiplayer designer on Halo Infinite, who, by the way, I follow on Twitter. I was following him when he was still at 343, and now working at Respawn on Jedi Survivor, was one of the former employees who criticized the incompetent leadership up top the layoffs at three this is his quote on twitter the layoffs at 343 shouldn't have happened and halo infinite should be in a better state he said on twitter the reason for both of these things is incompetent leadership up top during halo infinite development causing massive stress on those working hard to make halo the best it can be the people I worked with every day were passionate about Halo and wanted to make something great for the fans. They helped push for a better Halo and got laid off for it. Devs still there are working hard on that dream. Look at Forge. Be kind to them during this awful time. And he added in another tweet following up after that one exploded and had almost like a million views. I do not. I do want to make sure that I call out how amazing the multiplayer leadership on the team was during development. And then Tyler Owens, another former 343 uh, employee at Respawn working on Apex Legends, tweeted, As a Halo fan, I'm really tired of Microsoft business practices and policies slowly killing the thing I love. Between the contracting policies they abuse for tax incentives and the layoffs in the face of gigantic profits and executive bonuses, they set Halo up for failure. Uh, before we start discussing this, you guys, uh, this is sad news, and we wish all of those affected by these layoffs the best and hope they land on their feet soon. Jose, you are our economic professor. What is your initial reaction to all of these layoffs? And there are more today, at, I, I think, at GameSpot and other places, other websites, other tech industries being hit hard. Jose, give us your thoughts. I mean, I, so, I mean... This is a very big question. And and like Dan said, we're very sorry for all the families because it's just, there are always people that are hard at work in every industry. And so when you see layoffs, it's it's hard, right? And it is unfortunately, I think, a bigger part of, of the lives of kind of the private sector than most of us are used to, right? In, in our education, like we're used to a lot of turnover, but that's different than a layoff. Um, and so I don't want to say that I'm an expert on this because I'm certainly not. But my general thoughts are that we're basically facing what is probably going to be like a recession because of how high like everything has gotten in terms of like inflation and that kind of stuff. Like the way you combat that is basically with kind of a forced recession. That's an oversimplification, but it's not totally surprising to me that we're going to see lots of companies, including Microsoft, right? Do this kind of thing. Now, again, it sucks. It doesn't mean it's right to do, but it is a common thing that happens when you talk about like business cycles. The other thing I would just say that's unfortunate here, and it is frustrating. And I honestly didn't even know about it till we talked to Ains when he had him on the show was that like, a lot of this may stem from that policy, right? Like, I don't know the full intricacies where he was, he was explaining to us, sorry for the listeners that didn't hear that episode, that Microsoft has a standing company-wide policy that if you are, for better lack of a word, like a, a temp in, in programming, like if they hire you on a short-term or temporary contract, you are not allowed to work more than one calendar year for the company. It doesn't matter if you're the best programmer they've ever seen. It doesn't matter if your ideas were legendary. Like after 365 days, you are automatically terminated. Now, that's all he said when he was on our show. So I didn't, I didn't think much about it other than that seemed dumb. But that makes sense that it falls into some like business practices and it has to do with like taxes and stuff like that because that's how they're manipulating money, right? And that's unfortunate, right? That is, that is, in the gaming world, that's not what you want, right? You want people that are talented. You want them rewarded for their hard work. You want to see them grow. You want to see them flourish. So definitely a bummer, man. And I, 
I guess I would, I'll end it with, I hope this is leading them to maybe reconsider some stuff. You know, for as much as we've heard over the years, Microsoft, including its true CEO, the CEO of all of its head companies, we'll talk about like for sure, Phil, right? Seem to be into gaming. They seem to be fully behind it. They see the future in it. They see the money in it. So to have them, it's not that they shouldn't have felt the cuts if they're going to cut everywhere. I, I I guess I like that it's equitable, but at the same time, it seems bizarre because it seems very counterintuitive to the message that we've heard that they're they're all in on this, right? So that's very frustrating and disheartening for me. I definitely am bummed about Halo. Like this, I don't think it's the end of Halo. Like I'm not that pessimistic, but it is a huge question mark about yeah. what's going to come in the future. And speaking of that, we didn't even mention that um, Joseph Staten is leaving 343, but he's still staying with Xbox Publishing. And I've seen a lot of, I think Ains tweeted about this too and reminding everyone. A lot of people were saying, hey, this is what he does. He actually comes in, helps teams finish, rebuild. And that's exactly what he did for Halo Infinite, push him towards the end. And he, and I'm sure Microsoft is going to keep him to do that in other games and other areas. So uh, it sounds like Joseph's a finisher. Whether or not he wanted to stay and lead Halo, the franchise, we don't know. I mean, we'd like, I'd like to think so since he was one of the original guys for Halo, but we don't know that for sure. I just want to add to like, I don't want to sound mean right now, but like layoffs are a part of business, right? Jose, like they, they happen. And to be fair, again, I I don't want to sound mean, but like the state of halo infinite was not good when, after the first few months, like it was great at launch. They did a great job with the campaign and multiplayer, but clearly they have sucked with the live service. Clearly they have, should have delayed it. Clearly, there's been mismanagement and horrible leadership that has led. No, let's let's say it. Bonnie Ross was fired, and rightfully so at this point for not doing a good job. Um, I'm hoping, you know what? I don't. I'll get to you, Jose. I don't want to. Again, I don't want to sound bad, but like maybe these layoffs need to happen for these games to move forward, and they need to say like, hey, if you're not pulling your weight. Things are going to change. And again, like Jose said, I hope Halo is in the right direction now. They have their three people leading, you know, the studio entertainment. I can't remember the other one, but I, I, everyone freaking out saying Halo's dead and is over. I think that's ridiculous. And just, uh, I just, just completely overreacting and is asinine to an extent. But at the same time, am I a little concerned? Yes, but we, we need to wait. We need to wait and see. So Jose, go ahead and we'll throw it over to Bacon. Yeah, just real quick. For the record, I don't think Bonnie Ross needed to go. What I what I think that I'm gonna say, Dude, I'm gonna say though is like, that, hey, come hey, on, hey. like there's a lot of proof right now showing that things were not good. Except <laughs> like, except that we've already talked about when she left, they filled her job with three people. And so what that says to me is the management above her, because yes, she was high up, but she wasn't the top of Microsoft, right? Was did a bad job of mismanaging resources or providing enough resources, both for Bonnie and for 343, because that's a conversation we've had for a long time, right? And that that is what you point to management for. Like, they're the ones who make decisions about whether we should be pushing for more content, right? Because if, if you hear fewer bosses, you need to make more content, guess what? You're making more content. Right. So I, I don't disagree that there's mismanagement. And I don't disagree with you in that I'm glad that hopefully we're going to see some change. I think it's unfortunate that it's on the backs of some really good people. And like we hear from the tweet, that people that work really hard, like imagine how crappy it would feel be, to be a dev who's put their life into this for five years. And yeah, all I, I empathize for sure. On, you know what I mean? So so I, I, I take it with a grain of salt. But anyway, that's enough. Bacon, what do you think, man? Yeah, closing thoughts, Bacon. Like, is this a big deal, little deal, no deal overall? Like, a part of me, yeah, it sucks. But, like, a part of me, like, 
we're in a recession. Uh, there, there are jobs that possibly need to be cut. And maybe, again, bad management is a part of that. Uh, what do you think, Bacon? Well, I heard today that the number that's going to be out of 343 is about 140. Um, I don't know what the size of 343 is, uh, but most of those cuts are coming from the um, campaign team, the single player team. So does that mean no more DLC? Uh, um, but it is a bad look when we're dropping 10,000 employees and then adding 10,000 more with Activision. They have about 450, is that what you just said? Sorry. Okay. Yeah, 450, 450 people. Right. So you figure it's a quarter. That's a lot. Right. And so we're dropping 10,005%. But you look, I saw a graph today that shows Microsoft's upward trajectory of people they've employed in the last 10, 15 years. They go up every single year and they employ a huge number of people. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to cut some guys in, in marketing and publishing. And I bet that's where the Bethesda cuts are probably on that end because do we need, you know, yeah. multiple publishing arms in Microsoft? Yeah. Um, so and I know HoloLens and a bunch of other departments are all being cut. It is what it is. Um, I do feel really bad for them. I've never personally been laid off. I've been fired, but I've never been laid <laughs> off. Uh, so it's, it's just the weird thing of you know doing this right before adding Activision if Activision goes through and that's 10,000 employees in Activision there's another publishing arm yeah there'll and, be cuts and, there and too so, yeah there'll be some more issues there i know coalition how many they're losing out of the coalition uh, it's it sucks it, it's a bad look yeah but amazon's dropping 18,000 people as we speak so it, it's it's clearly an industry wide tech issue that is correcting itself from yeah. the pandemic i believe yeah and i remember totally listening agree. to colin earlier he said like the one way to fight uh, a recession is like you have to raise unemployment jose right and so uh this is a like our unemployment is so low still that that that's that's a contributing factor i'm not a big econ guy go ahead jose. i mean like to clarify it's, it's not that you raise unemployment that that well, that's very it big. is it's that, it's that you need to slow the economy and and really what we're talking about on the greater scheme is we're talking about the flow of money and so like yeah. again i know this is very dark and direct. We're talking about when people don't have money because they don't have a job, there's less money flowing through the economy. So it, it is in essence that we want that to happen, but that's that's that sounds really jerky, right? Like that's not what we want. We don't want people yeah. to lose jobs, but we also don't want eggs that cost $8, right? So like you can't have it both ways ultimately at the end of the day. And unfortunately, this is like Bacon said, this is just a part of doing, sorry, Dan said it's a part of doing business, unfortunately, yeah. in the private sector. Um, and I do want to say again, wish nothing for the best for all these people i'm sure i've already seen a lot of people on twitter even joseph today is tweeting like i'm just focused on getting these people jobs a lot of the gaming industry has been like hey we're hiring we're hiring so hopefully they all land on their feet but i can empathize i was on a one-year teacher contract for about five years every year and i knew how it was like oh jose knows how that yeah, is he was jose, in my school and I, I was let go working with jose so i can empathize losing my job after a year okay guys so don't say i'm a meanie i i know and what I'm it's sure like. you, he did not get paid nearly as much as these guys i assure <laughs> very you. true and I'm, no severance package either so in all seriousness good luck to all of these people i uh, i'm still hopeful in halo go ahead bubble boy last thought okay thank you News topic number two. Let's jump into some more pause. Well, I, is this pause? I don't know. Just We're not talking about layoffs anymore. Starfield is beginning to appear on Xbox Series X boxes. And I got to give a shout out. We're taking this from lordsofgaming.net. Shout out to Lord Cognito and all the Iron Lords. 
this is on January 17th. Nicholas Downey, this is from their website. A new post from a Reddit user, Fungalem7789, shows an Xbox Series X console box, the actual outside box carrying the Xbox Series X box, um, <laughs> featuring the Starfield artwork across the back this is the first piece of promotional official promotional material that we have seen out in public hands this means that it is likely that xbox and bethesda will be kicking off their marketing for the game into full gear in the coming months this makes sense as it was recently confirmed by the official starfield website that the massive RPG will be launching in the first half of 2023. This will likely be the first of many differing marketing pieces we will see from Xbox and Bethesda for the game. It will be interesting to see when we will hear about an official release date. Uh, likely we'll get that when we have the official event from them. Yep. Bacon, go ahead. All right. So this has to mean we're close, right? Is- <sighs> you, but uh, if you remember, Jose, Jose our, wait, wait, our- Jose, econ guy. It, how, uh, come on. You've produced things and shipped them out. You're talking about business. This is not econ. This is really like in marketing. Business is not a part of economics? No, they're not. They're separate, literally separate (sighs) studies. All right. Sorry. I thought you were a business major too. Go ahead, Bacon. But how close? How close, Bacon? I I don't know. My my Xbox Series X came with Halo on it and I waited a year. Yeah, everyone's has. Everyone's has. Up until this point. Until I see this in the wild. I don't know. Still sticking to March here, boys. March. I think you guys are crazy. Jose, closing thoughts on this? No, I, I think it's awesome, man. I think I think it chances right that this is pointing to them really leading into the marketing, right? And I think Being it's close. I think it's interesting though, to be fair, that it this wasn't a bigger announcement. Now, granted, we don't know how this Reddit user got this box. We don't know if it's like inside baseball, like or if it's that's fake, the magic know. of Reddit, right? It, it could also be photoshopped theoretically, right? I don't think it is, but it could be. Right. So so it's interesting that we're not hearing more about this at Microsoft, but but at the same time, remember, this is all a political game. So if you're just about to announce that you're dropping 10,000 employees, you probably don't want to start the next day with, hey, but we're getting a new Xbox box. That's probably not going to look too good for optics. So who knows? Maybe around next week, the 25th, when you see the developer direct, maybe we're also going to see this announcement of like, hey, we got new brand new lip or uh Labeling on yeah, our boxes, maybe, but maybe yeah, they won't announce that, it. Yeah. Maybe it'll just happen around that time yeah. because I would. My guess is that at the end of the show next week, we're going to hear about the date for the show for Starfield. Reaching. Not the not the not the release date, but the I like. Know. Hey, and next month we're going to talk about Starfield. Okay, here's the you thing: I mean? if they do have the date for Starfield's event and it's close, then I do think the game is closer. I think, but if they don't say anything about when the date is for the event, I think it's going to be a lot further out than we think. So I'll just say this, Jose, I forgot to ask you very quickly about back to the first story of the layoffs and everything like that. Do you think this has any effect on Microsoft's plans to acquire Activision? Like, is it a strategic play? Is that what you mean? No, I mean, like, will this have any effect? Like, Hey, we have to make these cuts for economic reasons for the business and also should we just bail on this activision deal at since we're gonna we potentially can lose money oh, by that no, date? They, no? they're not gonna you think bail, there's dude. still there's, okay, there's okay. too much money in the potential but but you make a good point it could be and again this is we're talking almost in like a sinister line of work this could be like an accounting way of saying like look we're about <laughs> we to make have, we're, yeah. we're we're about to get 10,000 new employees. Maybe we need to trim the fat ahead of time. And again, mm. that that's again, that sounds real negative because we're talking about people's way they make money yeah, or, and, or, and or living. That, but yeah. it's not out of the like Bacon's right. They, there was probably a lot of talent brought on during the pandemic to fill holes where they couldn't fill. I mean, this is just a natural piece of like they're not going to hold on to that forever. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. So I'm sure it's a little bit of all of the above. 
Okay, news item number three, and this is a straight for bacon one right here. Xbox consoles will soon be carbon aware, energy saving modes automatic for insiders. And this comes from Ed Nightingale, Eurogamer, back on the 11th of January. And Bacon brought this up last week, but I was like, this is kind of lame to be honest. But here we are. We're gonna we're gonna discuss it just for him. I love it, Bacon. A new update for Xbox consoles will make them quote unquote, carbon aware, reducing the carbon footprint by optimizing updates and download times when the most renewable energy and the local energy grids can be used. Microsoft claims that for every two Xbox consoles switching from shutdown mode, it will save the carbon equivalent of one tree planted planted and grown for a decade. Based on average of Xbox consoles on shutdown for 20 hours a day for a year, it acknowledges energy savings vary by console and other factors. Shutdown is also the most sustainable power option for the console, using up to 20 times less power than the sleep option. A further energy setting for insiders is the active hours setting in which users using the sleep power option can adjust the console's active hours where it will boot quickly and be available for remote waking. The feature will be available for Xbox insiders using the energy saving shutdown power option and their console configured to support the automatic updates. Bacon, you sent this to us earlier. We didn't get to it last week. Why should I care about the environment in these new settings? Well, do any of us leave our consoles in sleep mode or ready mode? I think I did at first, but I think I switched it to the energy saving one recently. And by the way, well, you I'd can like, still do that on shutdown now, Chance. So they did yeah. make that change. So this isn't even a step further, right, Bacon? So this like will really right. shut your console down. It will only turn it on to make check for an update at a certain time. And then when you turn it on, it has to like completely reboot. Am I getting that correct? Yes, but I don't leave anything in rest mode or, or, or powered down mode. I shut everything down and it started with the PS5 and all their issues with return. Oh, yeah, yeah. PS5s. I'm like, Always I'm not shut down my PS5. Yet. But I don't, the same thing on my PC. I shut everything down completely because I'm all uh, NVMe hard drive. So I don't have to worry about spinning up the hardware. But Bacon, um, really quick, I, when I close my laptop lid, is that completely shut down or no? Or is that oh a God, no. It's it's just, it just turns off the display. Yeah. Um, so if you guys all take advantage of this, that allows me to run my PC longer and our carbon footprints might offset because this thing's drawing 600 Watts right now as it sits. So um, I need your guys' help here. Oh, okay. So the real reason why bacon <laughs> wants us to be carbon aware is so we can make up for his awful carbon footprint. Any of you guys have any reactions? Says, I, I, do I think this is cool? Yes. And should we probably all take advantage of this? And you also just said you leave yours in only sleep mode. So you're already doing a great job. I have to say, before I throw it over to Jose, did you guys get your XL bills recently? Man, I was not prepared not because I, I was having my fireplace running a lot in addition to the heater. Holy caca. It was like $350. And I was like, whoa, that was the most I've ever seen since I've been here. And I was like, Allie, turn off that freaking fireplace right now. We can't do that every night. Jose, well, Blankets for everyone. Can I ask you, Jose, if you don't mind me sharing, what was yours just for comparison? Because you have an uh, older house. Four, 416. Wow. So here's what I'd say. Like, I, I understand that this is, when you when you look at the details and it says like, for every one you do in 10 years, it's going to plant one tree. Like, I, I get uh, that that varies, varies by region and by all this other stuff too. But here, here's what, I, this is important. And this is like a very serious note. There have been new studies published that based on the efforts of like trying to make the environment better over the past literally 30 years, because it's become like 
popular and people talk about it and we teach it in school and all that stuff that they're actually estimating at this trend that we might actually repair the ozone in the next like 50 years. Now, granted, that doesn't mean we don't have a host of other issues. We do. We have so many freaking problems. However, little things like this do matter. And, and at the end of the day, here's what I'm saying as the gamer, because I also, I, to be fair, I'm guilty of the, of the sleep mode thing too. I don't really care when my game downloads. Like if I hit it to download because it's like a 60 gig download and it's like, hey, it's better for it if we do this at 4 a.m. when I'm asleep as opposed to 11 when I'm going to bed. Great, man. That's that's probably better for everyone. And at the end of the day, it's just nice that companies that traditionally don't care about this at all. Right. And I mean, there's lots of companies like this. It's nice that they're taking steps. Now, granted, it's probably for marketing. It's probably to look good. I bet you this will show up when they're in court for Activision Blizzard, right? Like all of those pieces are, are elements of this as well. But again, it is nice at the end of the day that it is making this better for our kids, right? That's the other piece we have to remember, right? That, that we're doing all of this for, for perpetuity. So I, I think it's nice. I'm glad that Bacon brought it up. Well, all right. Really for our kids, 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 because... We're all going to be long gone. Yeah, that's right. For 10 years. <laughs> but so anyway. Several generations. Uh, thank you, Megan, for bringing that up. Everybody switch your Xbox con. There really is no reason you shouldn't change the settings unless you're like Chance who gets on every every hour. It's just got to boot right up, even though we have fast SSDs now. Uh, news item number four. And this is also a Bacon store. Well, I actually thought this was cool and wanted to share it. I'm, I'm sure Bacon saw it as well and get your guys' reaction as well. NVIDIA broadcast can now deep fake your eyes and to make you to make you look like you're looking at the camera. And this is coming from Mitchell Clark over at The Verge. NVIDIA's streaming software now has the option to make it appear like you're making eye contact with the camera, even if you're looking somewhere else in real life. Using AI, the eye contact feature added in NVIDIA Broadcast 1.4 will replace your eyes with simulated ones that are aligned with your camera. <laughs> An effect that worked really well when we tested it ourselves, except for all the times it didn't. An announcement post, the company writes that this feature is meant for content creators seeking to record themselves or reading their notes or script without having to look directly at the camera. NVIDIA suggests that eye contact will try to make your simulated eyes match the color of your real ones. And there's even a disconnect feature in case uh, you look too far away. So shout out to Ali. She actually told me about that today. She's like, I had one of those stupid meetings where she, they said, can you please turn on your cameras, everybody? Um, I do have to say, though, as as funny as this is i think it's really cool and i watched the video of another guy doing it i think it was uh tom warren who actually did it as well and it's pretty scary how good and accurate it is and i appreciate it because i have noticed even like right now when i'm doing reading the notes and going through this i'm not looking at the camera at all and i wish i was more and especially when i want to do reviews when we get to them by the way have you been working on your monthly videos everybody check in check yes, in I have. I do want I I wish this was available to me easily to use right now because it's hard for me to look at the camera and read a script. So bacon, how do I get this on my computer? Do, do I I have Nvidia, I have a 1660 Ti. How do I get this software and, and to get it to work? Well, I got all the NVIDIA broadcasts going through all my Elgato stuff, and that's how I get background removal when I want it. And um noise cancellation so you can't hear my hear my keys and stuff um i assume it's probably going to be only for 40 series that's what? how a lot of their stuff is um just because the extra processing that's required to do stuff like that so i would assume it's only 40 series but uh it's uh it's it's a little spooky but when i first started youtube i made my own little um teleprompter on a diy thing put a plant in a glass in there and had my iPad in there and my camera coming in through the back. 
I put a lot of time and effort into this thing. Yeah, Try to it. read my scripts while looking straight at the camera, which there is so are. hard to do. Um, I could see it. You know, when we're streaming, your 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 box is so small on the bottom of the screen. So how's anyone going to tell you you're looking at a camera when you're yeah. streaming a video game? Uh, so maybe more in this application we're using right now, talking to a camera up close, zoomed mm-hmm. in, that might could work. But uh, I'm assuming it's going to be 40 series only, Dan. Uh, Jose, go ahead. This is pretty cool, right? It's very cool. Like I, I saw the, the sample video and it's 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 crazy how legit it looks. But I have a better solution for you, Dan, if you want this. You just got to get an Apple because they've been working on this since 2019 and it's built into FaceTime, just so you know. How come I've never heard of this? Because you probably never activated it in the settings and you don't like Apple. That's on you, bud. Oh, not that. I mean, but how does that help me with recording something and making content? It's not. I just like to make <laughs> No, he, that was a bad one, but there, I've seen, I saw another one where it was really good. Like he, I, I don't think it, it was impressive, dude. I was like, I yeah, saw one I on Twitter that I thought too. was yeah. really good. Not yeah, exactly. The, not I saw one on one. Twitter as well. That was way better. I thought that one that he did, he was like purposely trying to make it look uh, not very good. But anyway, I think this is cool. All right. Last story slash fun news for the week. News topic number five. Oh man, it's hard to say this with a straight face. The joint fire of, uh, event launch coming from Al- Alex Wakeford on Halo Waypoint. I mean, sorry to all those people who lost their jobs at 343, but you got to chug on. The joint fire event runs from January 17th through the 31st and brings a free 10-tier event pass featuring Halo Reach-themed rewards. Joint fire is all about the JFO-class Mjolnir for your Mark V B armor core, which many of you will no doubt remember from Halo Reach, which will you'll be assembling by completing event challenges and the joint ops playlist. So everybody, there is another Halo event. I know Jose is going to drop in. He's always been going. I'm already done. Those. Already finished You're, it. What? I went in yesterday and I could. I, what game modes were there, Jose? Was it just that the capture? It's the just fun, the, the joint hops, oh, which I do not like. The joint yeah, hops. I don't like it as much. I really I don't. It was a grind to get through it, but I did it. it. It only took me about an hour. It didn't take that long. Did you like the armor stuff that you got? Just the green visor, really? That's the green visor was the one I really wanted because I thought it looked up. It's like number seven, I think. Uh, there were a couple other cool like shoulder pieces. The number 10 piece or the, the last thing you get, I didn't it think was, it was that little. It's like the little camera on the top of your visor. Like, and it's, I get, I didn't realize it was reach themed. I didn't, I didn't put that together. Um, uh-huh. So I understand that now, but it was okay. I just, it's one of those, like, I like playing Halo. I like going back to it. Um, yeah. and, and like honing those skills. So I don't mind doing it. And again, it was relatively easy to do. I just didn't love the game mode. I wish, I yeah. wish they would sometimes offer even just two game modes, not, yeah. not all four. Like I, I don't think that's reasonable, but like two where you could earn their rewards. Cause just like, man, for the record that for those that don't know, the joint ops game is basically where it's like capture the flag. We are playing one offensive flag. defense and it's yeah. one flag and the, the attacking team has infinite, um, cloak, invisibility, and cloaking, swords. And you, and no, that's the defending. Defending, you get the the, the machine gun, and you swords. get the sword. attacking. You get the the pistol, pistol. and the, the plasma gun. That's what it is, the plasma gun. And I just don't like that carbine. combo. Pulse carbine. Thank you. So it was fine, man. I finished it. Uh, happy to finish that because I'm just trying to parlay my time until next week. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. So I have to say, I, I. Anyway, I like these events, Jose. I think it's a good incentive to get people back in, but I agree. I think it should be a little bit more diverse ways to play to diverse game modes, I should say. And 
I also think the the rewards can be a little bit better. Like I know it's free and maybe next year, I mean, maybe this again is feeding into that once they get into season three and we really get the, the cadence and content that it will be better. But I appreciate these little things because they do pull me back in for a little bit. And I got to say, Jose, going back to it, I was terrible because I was so used oh, to the yeah. movement and so everything bad, from dude. modern warfare. Oh my gosh. So I got a hate message saying trash for my own teammate. And it's like, dude, I, I'm trying here, man. And I, of course, whenever somebody sends me that, I just write back reported. And then I report them to Xbox. Uh, last fun story for the week. And I know Bacon and Bubble Boy will appreciate this. Mass Effect director publicly confirms that the opening credits of Mass Effect were indeed inspired by the opening of Top Gun. And this, of course, he, this is, he, he tweeted this out in a retweeting, uh, Snizabel, and she wrote every time i watch the top i watch top gun i'm reminded that it's the same opening as mass effect and it blows my mind and casey responded finally someone noticed this i've been waiting for so long to be fair no offense to Snizabel. i kind of felt like we kind of knew this right or saw the inspiration from it i mean it's almost identical but to hear casey say publicly yes this is i literally ripped this off from top gun um Bacon, Bacon, did you make that connection? I mean, you seem kind of lost in general when you're playing Mass Effect for the first time. So I'm a feeling that this flew right over your head. Yes, I am no openly admitting. <laughs> openly admitting, I did not recognize that <laughs> until I read that tweet, and I'm like, oh. But real quick on that last story, it says you get Uh-oh. the bubble clippy, boy's gone. Sorry, the Clippy tactical charm is that the Windows 98? Yes, yes, clippy? I have the Clippy yeah. charm. Yes, but that's it's awesome. Not, you got to get for that. the Join Ops event. That's for that's the for the weekly, weekly challenges. You got to get the challenges. Yeah, but you uh, can you'll be close to that anyway if you're doing the the Join Ops stuff. So yeah, man. you got to get it, Bacon. I I have yeah, Clippy I on my gun, of course. That's that's my me? jam right there, boys. Yeah, no, I love Clippy, and I out of respect, He's like, I'm in to both <laughs> Mass Effect and. Top Gun, here are the opening credits to Top Gun in case for some reason you're listening and you don't remember them. On March 3rd, 1969, the United States Navy established an elite school for the top 1% of its pilots. Its purpose was to teach the lost art of aerial combat and to ensure that the handful of men who graduated were the best fighter pilots in the world. They succeeded. Today, the Navy calls it Fighter Weapons School. The Flyers call it Top Gun. And then right, the Effect, right there. <laughs> openings, <laughs> opening scroll for Mass Effect. In the year 2148, explorers on Mars discovered the remains of an ancient spacefaring civilization. And the decades that followed, these mysterious artifacts revealed startling new technologies enabling travel to the furthest stars. The basis for this incredible technology was a force that controlled the very fabric of space and time. They called it the greatest discovery in human history. The civilizations of the galaxy call it Mass Effect. <laughs> DMC strike number two, right, Jose? Guys, I don't know what's going on with Bubble Boy. Can we get a text out to him checking in on Bubble Boy? Um, while we're waiting for him, let's quickly talk about what we have been playing or watching. We haven't done this in a while, so quickly I will go first here. Uh, Jose Bacon already knows this. I completed, or you might have seen this on Twitter. I completed Dark Souls 1. Yeah, I am I all that. aboard the Dark Souls 
Uh, who, who challenged you and said that you have to play Dark Souls 2? Some yeah, no, that was that, a rando. Right? He's like, dude, I think you got to suffer through Dark Souls 2, which I hear is the worst one and had a lot of problems at first until they launched like this uh, second like full edition of it. Um, he said that, yeah, you got to play that next and that Bloodborne and uh, what was the other one? Demon Souls were also very good and not as long as the horrible Dark Souls souls too but yeah i gotta say i think i am gonna do dark souls next i want to complete, gotta complete dark the trilogy, souls exactly to i gotta complete point. the trilogy right so and then i started terminator last night jose i'm really liking it is it, it is good simple. i was gonna ask you for 15 bucks that i paid i'm having a blast it, it it is spooky when i saw the freaking t800 turn around and look at me with those dang red eyes man it, it definitely has the right aesthetics and mood and and setting um, gameplay is simple. I mean, it's nothing crazy. It's, it really does it, feel what is it like, like, is it FPS or what is it? Yeah, it's like? an FPS and it feels like a dumbed down fallout, like a miniaturized fallout. You're like, you're looting for scraps. Uh, there's like these little safe houses you go to, you're doing like a mission and there's like some side stuff, but I'm telling you for $15, I'm really enjoying it. And I, it's the perfect palate cleanser. Cause at the end of dark souls, one man, I'm just exhausted, especially the final boss. You guys, that's where the one I had the most problem with, like throughout the game, I was like, this is, this is a joke at the end. This guy, he's swinging really fast and you have to parry and I suck at parrying and, but there's no other way. So I must've done that boss probably like 10 times. And then I finally got to it, but it was, it was draining. So this is a perfect plot cleanser. I highly recommend so far Terminator Resistance. If it's on sale for 15, snag it if you're a Terminator fan. Bacon, what about you? What have you been playing? Well, gentlemen, I am about to ascend from Earth back to the Citadel to finish it. I had to stop right before I got rolled the credits last night. I was getting too late, but that is no done. spoilers. No spoilers, remember. How have people not? Uh, just don't do it. Don't do it. To be fair, yeah, you didn't say anything. Um, you're good. I'm just saying, don't, don't, but, don't say anything. He's right. Saying my end, yes. all, all my goodbyes and emotional speeches to everyone who oh. survived. Through <laughs> yeah, because making in the first probably like, three, these people are alive. So. Cortez, Cortez, he survived for you, right? Like you see him, right? Bacon. Do he went down in the shuttle? So yeah, I haven't talked to him. Still, he, you can, can go. You? Yeah, you can go. Call okay, him. Uh, um, but that last area. I've been trying to get my brother and my best friend, Mike, to play that, to play Mass Effect, and they won't do it. Um, other than that, I've been uh, playing a few nights of Warzone, my yep, obligations too, with the boys. Uh, but other than that, it's I'm rolling the credits once this is over tonight on Mass Effect. I'll have a couple more achievements to go back in, maybe clean up to get them all done. But uh, incredible, guys. Just Okay, Game of got, every generation. Yeah, exactly. Alert. Participant Bubble Boy is having a problem. Participant failed with cannot read properties undefined reading state, whatever that means. Uh bubble. It's okay. You're you're recording. I, I just hope it works. I see the thing. Let's just pray to God that this this is working. Um oh, unless, and, and one um, last thing. Watch yeah. Tulsa King on Paramount. If you're not watching Tulsa King, you're doing it wrong. Uh, who what is Paramount what's Plus? To, what's to, no, 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 no. Let's move on. Let's move on. We got to, we got to keep the show moving. Uh, Jose, quickly, what have you been playing? Uh, not actually too, too much. I, um, I did the Halo event yesterday because we had the snow day here in Colorado, which was fantastic. Played, hang out with the girls in Victoria, and then had some time to game, which was great. I also have been playing some Warzone with uh, Dan and Alan, and uh, because I've been trying to get the streaming streaming up and running for those that care about that, if you ever want to see me stream, I think I finally have a fix, but it will be a, a day or two before it's up, thanks to Bacon. Um, so hopefully this weekend I'll finally get to start streaming some stuff on Twitch, actually. Um, you can find me at Chipotle Bear. And uh, 
I've also been, I got a, an awesome dub on Warzone that I have the recording of, but there's no game audio because I couldn't get the game audio working. But it was Dan and I, Dan and Al and I were in the, the final circle. Dan died as we were going in. And then Al, it was just Alan and I hiding behind literally like a bus. And this dude came over the left and the right, and Alan hit the guy on the right, I hit the guy on the left, then Alan went down, and it was just me and this one other dude. He ran around the mound and got him. It was amazing. I just, for I once, Jose came through in the clutch. He made up. For if you remember, if you've been listening, if you weeks ago, Jose failed me to a guy in the gas, but this time yep, he came made up through, got us uh, the wars on victory. We also got like three. And I know, we hit back, three that back, night. Back, just um, the other thing I was playing, and I'm going to make a review for it for all our listeners out there that I adored was Tinykin. I played yeah, Tinykin. It's on Game Saw Pass. You. It was a pretty straight, easy little banger. I probably played about eight hours total. Um, and I got almost a thousand out of a thousand on accident because I just liked playing it so much. Yeah, um, I have three achievements left and I am not going to get them because I know what they are and I'm not going to go back in and do them because it's it's like a whole kind of mini game within the game but cute little story super fun gameplay if you've ever played pikmin on on uh nintendo it's very similar in the in the kind of the spirituality of it but really enjoyed it so check out tiny kin again i'll have a review here soon uh, but other than that man just want a quick mention i know we're not going to talk about it a long time but i did watch last of us episode one and i enjoyed it i know dan said it's like playing the game i never played the game and I have no intention of playing it anytime soon because I don't have a PlayStation. So I'm enjoying the ride. Victoria liked it. My parents liked it. So we're excited to see where the season takes us for sure. That's what yeah, I Yeah, we can about. talk more about that maybe next week or something. Um, welcome to the 2022 The Nerd Chat Game of the Year Awards. Gentlemen, I there's a cool section in uh, True Achievements. Uh, that lists the games and this is what i used to determine what i had played in 2022 i don't know if you have yours up but here are the games i played grounded super perils of bacon weird west halo infinite tunic trek to yomi the messenger crossfire x forza horizon 5 dlcs cyberpunk soup new super lucky's tale somerville resident evil 4 resident evil village as dusk falls tmnt shredder's revenge little nightmares 2 marvel's guardians of the galaxy Grand Theft Auto 5, Elden Ring, Scorn, Donut County, Ghoul Boy, Batman Return to Arkham Asylum, Resident Evil 5, Dark Souls 3, Resident Evil 0, Battlefield 2042, Max Payne 3, Avatar, The Last Airbender, The Burning Earth, Dead Island Definitive Edition, Cuphead DLC, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, ugh, The Walking Dead, a Telltale series on Xbox 360, High on Life, Resident Evil 3, Dead Rising 4, Back for Blood, Battlefield 5, Friday the 13th, The Game, Resident Evil 6, DuckTales Remastered, Far Cry 3, Destiny 2, Skyrim, Dark Souls, and Gears 5. What a crazy collection of games there, boys. Does anyone else have anything they want to add for the games that they played? How many is that? Does Chance, do you have yours up by any chance? Yeah, I do. Do you want me to read it? Go ahead, quickly. Um, the Gunk, Halo <laughs> Infinite, Donut County, Paparazzi, Telling Lies, Staying... Dying Light 2, Staying Human, Rain on Your Parade, Elden Ring, Townscaper, A Memoir, Blue, Lego, Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga, Tiny, Teenies, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Trek to Yomi, Sniper Elite 5, Batman Arkham Knight, Project Wingman, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Chorus, Sea of Thieves, Mortal Shell, Enhanced Edition, Madden NFL 22, NBA 2K22, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, Cuphead DLC, Fall Guys, Grand Theft Auto 5, House Flipper, As Dusk Falls, Midnight Fight Express, 
Plus, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands, Madden 23, Immortal, Immortality, Metal Hellslinger, Deathloop, Alien Isolation, My Friend Peppa Pig, A Plague Tale Requiem, Forza Horizon 5, Battlefield 2042, Signalis, Power Wash Simulator, Pentiment, Potion Craft Alchemist Simulator, Gotham Knights, and Vampire Survivors. Bacon and Jose, instead of reading them all out. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Wait, do you know, Chance, at the top it says, I played 47 games this year in 2022. I started 32. I got 1,000, or I completed 21. 73,000 true achievements score. 31,900 gamer score. 1,212 achievos. What about you? at the top of the page bacon do you, are you on true achievements or which i'm pa- not which page though uh i am on daddy diwali periods slash 2022 so where do you see uh, periods though okay so under so if you look at the there's name yep. your name games achievement captures stats and underneath stats periods and i put and it says all of 2022 so while you're looking that up guys uh, it looks like we had a lot of games that we played this year. A lot of backlog games, not too many Xbox first party. Let's yep. be real. It was a dry year for Xbox first party, but regardless, I really enjoyed 2022 for me personally. I got to catch up on, I feel like I'm caught up on my backlog boys besides the Witcher three, which I probably will never get to. I did my job. My backlog is pretty much done I, I am so happy that I got to play some of these older games and I did and I didn't feel like I needed to rush through things and I got to play what I wanted to play. So I think we should all celebrate the fact that we were able to do that. I also had a bunch of games on PlayStation that I played that I didn't list here, but um chance, what how many games did you play this year? Does, did you find it? Getting there. Hold on. So... Okay, negative. So I have mine while he's doing that. Okay, how many games did you play this well, year? Well, remember, I didn't join True Achievements until not like we are already into last year. I haven't, I haven't always been a piece of it because I have not always been an achievement or like you guys, mm-hmm. no offense. Uh, but this year was since I started, I started 27 games and I played 27 games. So I didn't nice. start any games. I didn't play excessively. And uh, I gamer score increased by almost 10,000, which I'm pretty nice. proud of because I don't have a big gamer score like you guys. So it was uh, this, decent, man. This says I only played 20, but I just read way more than 20. So I don't know. Like there's 20 games listed here under games all of 2022, so not really sure. Mm. Yeah, I, I actually I think for this this is for if you earn achievements. The top 20. Yeah, the, these were ones where you earned achievements. But um, I have to say my biggest month for achievos. Wow, November I was putting in work, you boy, you guys, and Me then too. July, July like there's a huge spike in July, huge in November. So lowest April must have been busy. Uh, guys, let's jump into our first award for the nerd chat. And I'm going to start off with best gaming snack of 2022. Who would like to go first for their best gaming snack? Why don't we go with bubble boy nerd clusters for the win. And Jose, what was your best gaming snack of 2022? Oh, hands down. That would be Sabatasso's pizza from Costco. They're these little, Four inch pizzas that I in my air fryer are little bangers, man. Oh. for eight minutes at with the greasy fingers and hands, Jose. No, because that's the nice. They don't keep. They're not greasy enough on the bottom. So if you hold them like a chip, you don't get grease all over your okay. controller, man. I, I I probably went through a good ten boxes this year by myself. Ba- so check them out. They have an orange box at Costco, t- like twelve bucks for a bunch of them. Sabatasso's pizza, deli- delightful. Bacon, uh, carrots for you, right? What was yours? 
pistachios in the shell, Ooh. gentlemen. Have in you tried pistachios? To, it gives you something to do. Why wouldn't you just pay the extra to get them unshelled? Because it's just because the work is half the fun. Oh, I mean, I don't I mind no ever. It's a yeah. healthy. Okay, hold on. Oh. Cheddar and sour cream. Okay, ruffles. there we go. Oh, man. Oh, is that better? All right, boys. Dilly, dilly. Right. dilly, dilly, indeed. So, my number one snack from 2022, uh, of course, is the Haribo. Sour bears, man, I can just down those damn sour bears like nobody's business. So that is the first award. Congratulations to all of our nominees and winners. Next award, best new Xbox hardware or peripheral of 2022. Uh, Bubble Boy and Jose, did you have one or could you think of one? So Jose, why don't you go first? Bubble Boy, should I skip you on this one? Did Does you my do chair count? Yes, that does. Absolutely. So show that in a second. So Jose, lead us off. What was the best gaming Xbox peripheral that, of 2022? So the best one, and I, I don't have it, but that is the new custom Series X Elites, right? That you could do the Series 2 Elite in custom colors and finishes. We've been waiting for that for years. We already had Elite 2, so we didn't need them. But I love that they're doing that. It makes me pump for the Elite 3. The other thing I will say, like Chance, and I, I am mine is not nearly as cool as his, but I also picked up a gaming chair. I'm sitting in that has been absolutely incredible for when we're recording you get? playing games. Uh, it's the one that was at Costco, but I got it on Marketplace for like a third of the price. Had to go pick it up from some lady in Highlands Ranch that bought it for her kid and they didn't want it. That's called privilege. Uh, and so uh, it's been great for me, man. It's been nice. Uh, Bubble Boy, tell us about your best <laughs> yeah. Xbox peripheral. Show everyone. Um, so thanks to the uh, Dynasty Consortium, a Dynasty Fantasy Football League I'm in that I've won five out of the last six years um i took all those people's money and i bought a 2022 titan evo dark knight edition so from from secret secret labs you can see the logo i don't think you can see you can barely see, barely you make it out on see the, the batman on there um man is it amazing and like bacon was saying it's got the this is the magnetic nip neck pillow that goes on there this thing is as elite as elite gets um because none of us can afford that halo chair correct and bacon what was your favorite xbox gaming peripheral or hardware of 2022 so the elite core which allows me to get cheaper elites but that's not the winner the winner is the rtx 4090 <laughs> which allows me to play pc game pass games at 140 frames, ultra uh, settings with ray tracing. Go. There he is. It, you guys. it wraps around. It wraps around to Xbox somehow. I know. No, you you are very elite over there. Here is my favorite gaming peripheral of 2020, 2022, and that is of course my new custom elite, or I guess not elite, my custom Scuff Instinct Pro controller on the back we've got the black with the four paddles love the placement got the white bumpers and triggers sweet got that white and gray uh abxy combination that jose said was the best part it looks real clean but e pad love the look of this controller love the customization by the way i got a shout out guys if you're interested in the scuff right now they have a deal where you can get all anything custom for 199 I, that would have saved me 40 what? bucks if i would have just waited it's an incredible deal i highly recommend it it's called max my scuff we're not sponsored by scuff but there you go save yourself some money yeah use the promo code 
go grab one of these bad boys. I highly recommend it. So I also will do be uploading a video on that, an unboxing and a review. Guys, let's jump into our next uh, next award. The Nerd Fest Award, aka the Best Multiplayer Award, goes to of 2022. And I will go first. For me, this was tough because I, I had a lot of them, Jose, and I couldn't say I couldn't narrow it down to just one. So I'm gonna give it to three games where I feel we come together as a squad. And maybe if I had to give it to one, and this is gonna shock the world right here. Battlefield 2042. You know why? Because there was nothing like getting the squad back together and playing old rush maps from Battlefield Bad Company and Battlefield 3 and 4. That's absolutely right. It was I had a blast jumping in with that, especially because even Pony was jumping in and playing with us. Great time. So I have to say that probably would be my overall winner, but honorable mention as well. I've really gotten into Warzone and had a blast playing with with the boys as well. And of course, Halo. But uh, Jose, looked like you were agreeing with me. What was your best multiplayer Nerdfest award for 2022? So, so I 100% agree with Dan that it really came down to three games for us. It was Halo, Battlefield, and Warzone. I, I, I wanted to pick Halo. I really did. And I even waffled a couple times today as I was like thinking about my awards at work. And I just I couldn't do it because for as long as it's been out and for as polished as it should be and as much content should be out, it just wasn't there this whole year. It's it's ramped up again here in the holidays and it's doing okay right now, but there was a lot missing for the year, so I couldn't give it to Halo. I, I like Warzone. I am not into it as much as Dan and Alan. I didn't buy the actual game to be able to play multiplayer. I just have the Warzone stuff and I got the Battle Pass free from my Xfinity subscription, so it's not like I paid for that either. Um, and I have a lot of fun with it. I enjoy playing with everyone. But man, there is nothing like getting into 2042 this year because we stayed away from it for the record. Like after being hardcore battle, rightfully so, it was trash at for a long time. Bad. We stayed away from it because it was got such bad reviews, and we picked it up almost a year later. And man, it was just good old fashioned fun. I loved being the medic because I just don't have the twitch reflexes, but I could still contribute. I loved the big maps. I loved the crazy stuff that happens, man. So. That was my best multiplayer of the year. Hopefully, we'll get a little bit more back into it here in the coming future. But Battlefield twenty two, Battlefield twenty forty two for sure. Uh, Bubble Boy, should we skip you on the? Okay, uh, yeah, because <laughs> my my cheat sheet here says NA, not anywhere cool enough to decide on this one because I saw. Okay, uh, remember people, he did say that he that's Battlefield to play a little bit of Nerdfest. Um, Bacon, what was your best multiplayer game slash Nerdfest game for 2022? I will agree that Battlefield has turned around and is fantastic. And I will also agree with Halo being a little sparse, but great. But of course, all roads lead back to Warzone for me and my simp. But it is Warzone. It's my most fun. It's my most time. He's got it's, 270 hours, folks. It's just ridiculous. So I'm... I it, it's, it's embarrassing two? to admit that season two is like a month away, right? Or something it's, like that. They yeah, actually delayed, they delayed it, it two weeks. Yeah. By two weeks. Um, so hopefully they still have improvements. We still don't have Warzone stats. So I know how many wins I have. That's pretty sad, but yeah. uh, yes, it is uh, unfortunately going to be Warzone two. Very nice. Moving on to our next award. We have, the the we call this one the Herm Edwards Awards, and for those of you who don't know, Herm Edwards was a famous football coach, uh, particularly made famous by the meme or the interview. Uh, when you he was play coaching to him. win the game. 
you play to win the game and you play the games to have fun, right? So that's why we named it. This is the most fun game award of 2022. And again, guys, I will go first. I thought about this. I love playing Halo. I love playing Warzone, Souls games, even a little bit. You know, those are fun. But I had, when I really thought about it, the game I just have fun every time I play it is Forza Horizon 5. Every time I jump in, I have a blast. It is just pure fun, especially the Hot Wheels DLC that came out this year. So that is my award winner for the most fun game of 2022. Consistently, you just have fun in the music, the graphics, the settings, the gameplay. Forza Horizon 5 is my winner. Bacon, throw it over to you. What was your most fun game of 2022? I'm personally hurt and sad that you didn't mention this, Dan. The amount of fun we had in the Halo 2 campaign co-op. Tell me that wasn't the most yeah, fun we had all you're, year. You're right. And I had that. That on is here. my winner. I, I, I'm glad you said that because I feel like Forza needs to be represented as well. But you're absolutely right. I did have a blast playing the campaign, especially when Rapping we were off each other. Yes. off of each other. Yes. <laughs> and, the, the, it's, and it's it was, dude, there's so much you could do. There was a large tether yeah. area, too. We got pretty far away from each other. Hi, okay, you're right. I should have gave more credit to the co-op. You're absolutely right. That, yes. that, that's, that should be. I did have that written down. Jose, what about you? Your most fun game. Uh, so I went a little bit out of left field here, and th- I had a lot of fun. And I think Forza is a great pick for the record. I love Forza. But I wanted to give it a, a shout-out to this because it was very nostalgic for all four of us. And when it came out, even though it was only like a three-, four-day banger for us, it was so much fun. And even though the online was broken, but when it did work, was amazing. And that is Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, right? That harkens back to that 90s nostalgia and every one of us was like a little kid again picking our favorite turtles and enjoying the like the the, it was like playing turtles in time for a modern system even though nothing will ever touch turtles in time but i I have to say that was one of the funnest times i had this year was when that came out and everybody like grown ass men almost 40 all of us 40 plus right jose who what was billy with us when we did that he no. tried a couple of times. He got in one time without audio. Oh, yeah. That's but right. like we got everyone that was playing yeah. was playing turtles, man. So I gotta give a shout out to that's the a good pick. It was definitely a good pick for me. Yeah. I wasn't as high on it first, but then afterwards, after I'm like, that it was pretty dang good. It was very close. And I also I forgot to mention this earlier, you guys. I have a thousand, a thousand on the TMNT Cowabunga collection. I did it and I was playing dang. I know I'd put in work on some of those because some of them you can't choose, like the fighting one. But anyway, um, Playing, dude, I, at first I was like, this collection is not that great. But then playing t- Turtles in Time, you guys, that game is just so good. And the and the Shredder's Revenge does a really good job getting as close to that as possible. So credit. I love the pick, Jose. Bubble Boy, what about you? What was your 2022 Herm Edwards Most Fun Award? Yeah, I think in this, it might be a stretch. I wanted to do something kind of like Jose, a little bit different. Um, and you guys will laugh. I didn't play it a ton, but I, when I did play it, Fall Guys was so much fun to me. And I loved um, just as I'm playing the game, I was always having fun. I hated how long it took to load. I, it, I felt like I wasn't playing the game as much as I was waiting for the game, which is what you know kind of made me... I'm not sure if I want to pick this, but when I was actually playing the game, I had a blast playing Fallout and Cora would play it with me too, um, which is fun. So I gave it to Fall Guys. I, I love all of our picks. I love that they're different so far. These are all phenomenal games. So let's keep it going. Uh, let's go to best indie game of 2022. 
Uh, let's start off with Bubble Boy this time. Bubble Boy, what was your favorite indie game? Yeah, of I'm spamming the raising the hand button here because everybody knows what it is. It competed with Elden Ring for Game of the Year and just barely lost. That's right, friends. Power Wash Simulator was one thousand percent excellent the choice, indie but... game of the year. Sold, mic drop. Jose, what about you? Because you've played a lot, you played a lot of indies. I did play a lot of indies. Did you see chance that they're doing a power wash add-on with Tomb Raider? Tomb Raider, yep. And you're doing the mansion. The T Rex is there. You better believe. How is that not your game of the year now, Bubble Boy? Jeez, come on. uh, So, so here's the thing. It was hard for best indie. The one game I didn't play at all, even though I bought it and it's in my catalog, I just haven't started it because I really want to enjoy, is Cult of the Lamb. And I think that may have actually taken this category if I had played it, but I haven't, so I can't say that. My indie of the year was one that I was down on, and and I ultimately had an incredibly fun amount of time with it, and it was a huge blow up for Xbox. You know what I'm talking about. That is high on life. Because is that it really was, an indie game, though? Yeah, Squanch Games is not a big publisher, uh, but. They, they're, they're a well-known name, but they are an indie for sure. I'll allow it. Um, so that was that was my indie for Xbox. I, I got to give a shout out that Xbox did so well with that, that they supported them, that the producers loved it, that the devs loved it. And I did have a good time. You know, I, I, I kept wanting to go back and play it, right? If I hated it, I would have just stopped after like the first level. Um, so I got to give it to High on Life as my indie of the year. Bacon, what about you? What was your favorite indie game of 2022 you don't have many do oh wait no i know yours is while i agree with both the other submissions for this category they are both very good from you two the winner of this category is easily vampire freaking survivor yep i bought the dlc for that for like two dollars and papa phil's got like eight days in that game it is absolutely mind-numbingly stupidly fun and addicting that is single-handedly. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. Well, I, I got another different pick for you guys. For me personally, my 2022 game of the year, I haven't played Vampire Survivor, still need to get to that eventually, uh, was Tunic from Binge Games. Ooh, also that great was, choice, bud. I, guys, I loved Tunic. It, it, to describe Tunic, it's more of a like a, a 90s uh, isometric Zelda game. Uh, there is a little bit of souls in there because you, if you drop, if you get killed, you yeah. lose your souls. You lose the your combat, stuff, yeah. you're a lot of rolling, uh, leveling up at flames and stuff like that. Love the art direction. Love the 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 instruction manual, like piecing together stuff. What a fantastic game! I highly recommend Tunic by Finji Games. My 2022 indie game of the year. Let's move on to best art direction of 2022 jose i'm going to start with you what was your best art direction of 2022 you guys are going to disagree with me and i actually think i'm the only one that's played with this so my best art direction was callisto protocol because it was a beautiful game it was very well thought out the graphics were insane like the face capture stuff was super dope i love the layout of it it was everything I wanted. I know that it's gotten a lot of flack. I know there's new stories recently that they didn't sell as much as they kind of anticipated. I loved it. I hope there is still hope for a sequel. Um, I was talking to uh, Insipid Ghost um, on on Twitter about this. He runs the EXP podcast, man, and he loved it as well. So I, I love the art direction of Cluster Protocol. Now, again, it's in the horror genre. It's in the space horror genre, which like that's all... That's where I'm super happy. That's why I'm pumped for next week. But I really enjoyed Callista Protocol. 100% shout out to uh, the studio for sure. 
Bacon, what about you? What was your 2022 best art direction game? I've got to go with Elden Ring here that to tell a story without telling a story just based on environment and, and, and the different biomes or whatever we want to call them, uh, absolute masterpiece and probably will never be replicated, uh, ever. I completely agree. That is also my 2022 best art direction. Elden Ring, you guys, uh, like Bacon said it perfectly about telling a story without really telling a story. The environments, the the creepiness you felt going into Kalid, the underground areas that I don't want to spoil, the the mountaintops, like everything just absolutely incredibly well done in every way artistically and graphically. That game blows me away. I want to play it again. I'm, you know what? I'm going to start it on PC. Yeah, that first boy. time you get to Kalid and by accident. Oh my gosh. Yeah, was exactly. Like, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, exa- oh, ba- uh, Bubble Boy, what about you? What was your I, best art direction? Well, and I, so it was Elden Ring, but I have to say I originally wrote down Cuphead, the DLC with Cuphead. I think it's, it's gosh, it, like if we could have a 1A and a 1B for that. Um, and just to kind of mix it up a little bit, I, I'll give mine to Cuphead. Because I that the art Very, on that game yes. and it's just so smooth Incredible. and it's amazing and it's all it's hand drawn real hand drawn yeah that yeah, really like, is like people it's, that's yeah. hard not to choose that one I like it very very nice to recognize Studio MDHR let's move on to <laughs> best story of 2022 and I gotta say you guys I'm gonna draw a lot of flack for this one because as <laughs> I still don't know what the story is. My winner for the best story is Elden Ring for 2022. I got to say, you know why, you guys? Because I made my own story about how I'm surviving. Because you're an idiot. uh, Surviving as my samurai, just trying to survive all these crazy beasts in my own way. I created my own story of of a fallen Tom Cruise as the last samurai surviving out in the and the uh, the lands between Elden Ring. But here's the thing. Well, let me finish. If you guys disagree with that, because I could see it, because really I don't know the story of Elden Ring, and I think it's pure caca. But at the same time, if I, if I can nominate one that didn't come out in 2022, it would be Cyberpunk 2077. I really enjoyed that story. I really enjoyed Johnny Silverhand and all of that. So a real story that I played in 2022 would be Cyberpunk. A story that I don't understand, but made my own. Elden Ring, hands down. Go you would have had a better story yeah, so, than Elden Ring. These nuts. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to say <laughs> these nuts. I, I was going to say it, but I was like, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. If you're going to do that, we also have to have a best mocap and acting job, and then get send one of these uh, official awards to Tom Cruise. Then, so. Oh, absolutely. But Bubble Boy, what was your best story of 2022? Yeah, um, I went I know that. No, God, no. Um, I went with uh, Immortality. And I know Jose always is really... Um, I got to play this. I hear he re- it's really good. Jose reminds me, like, just because it's new and fresh and different and, like, unique doesn't make it good. Um, I did think this one was good because I actually haven't loved... I I was, like, with this one, I had tried... Gosh, why am I drawing a blank on the guy's name? Bacon, do you remember his name? Uh, that makes For all what? these games. I feel awful. Oh, I'll um, look it up while you're, while you're I was like, you know what? This is going to be the last one because I just, I'm not, they're not doing it for me anymore. The last couple, like telling lies and Sam story. Barlow, yes. Sam Barlow. Um, those felt very similar. This was totally different. Um, you really are. I like when you get towards the end, you are searching 
for story in, in a good way. Not like, where is it? Where is it? But like, that's what compels you to keep moving um, to find out what happened um, in, in this game. And it was so well done. It was unique. It wasn't too unique that it was crazy and weird. Um, I This was a no brainer for me, Immortality. Great, great nomination and winner. I love it. Bubble boy. Uh, Jose, what about you? What was the best story for you in 2022? So I'll be honest with you. I didn't feel like a lot of the games I played had really compelling stories this year. That Great games. Love the games. Right no complaints. You, yeah. But I just was like, in terms of a good story, and I kind of came down to two of them, and I felt like one I just couldn't do, even though I really wanted to, because I think what it's based off has a great story. So the one I went with um, was actually Callisto Protocol. It's not a, it's not an insane story. It's, it's, it's very much like a situational thing. But I think it was decently well written. I think there was a, a decent enough twist at the end that I enjoyed. And again, I like the story enough that I hope that there's a sequel that's based on the story. So that is what I ended up giving it to. Again, it's, it's. I need to be very clear. It's not a groundbreaking story. It's not one that you're like, oh my God, that was amazing. I will never see something like this again, but I enjoyed it. I think it fit what was happening. Again, I think it was also really well acted by Josh Dumel and the other supporting characters. So that is my pick for the best story of 2022 Callisto Protocol. Jose, what was your other one that you didn't want to go with that you think? It'll come up fair? in my other awards. Okay. So I'll tell you, but I'll talk about it then. Make sure and clarify that later for sure. And Bacon, what was the best story for 2022 for you? And again, it's got to be Elden Ring. It's just proof that you do not have to have cutscenes. You do not have to carry people's hands through a game, start to finish with quick time actions and all this. You like you sliding said, Dan, through walls. Right. You made you made the story what you wanted it to be, and it. I, and again, I do not even understand the story. I. But I put but 157 hours into it. Exactly. Something right. kept you going. So it absolutely. Zero cutscenes. Just let's go. Let's move I on. I think there to, was zero. Yeah, there were some, but no was going on. Um, let's go on. Final two serious awards here from, from you guys. We have next, and this is a big one. The good, the good old days award, aka the best game we played in 2022 but it didn't have to come out this year so this is any game that we play during the year not necessarily not necessarily released in 2022 i will go first here gentlemen i nominated and my winner is cyberpunk 2077 from cd project red i you know put this game off for a long time this was a 2020 game if i'm not mistaken right chance yeah, and yeah. I, I was a hater. I was the, the whole launch just completely pushed me away. And I was like, I'm not playing that piece of trash. But once I got sucked into it, boys, I was in deep and I couldn't stop playing this game. Couldn't stop thinking about it. The combat blew me away. The story I hated. Uh, what's his face at first? Keanu Reeves. I particularly didn't like him, but towards the end, you're like, oh, okay, maybe. But some of the side stuff is really powerful in there. My Bay Pan Am. Pan Am Guys, all day loved cyberpunk the world just a fantastic game and i'm so excited they're going to make a sequel my winner for the good old days award was cyberpunk 2077 also an honorable mention i have to say uh resident evil village blew me away as well um uh, the messenger from sabotage studio and dark souls 3 from from software just a fantastic game that that felt like i was playing more elden ring whereas 
Dark Souls one, I felt like I was playing the beginning of, you know, the, it was a little rough. So, uh, bacon, what about you? What was the best game you played in 2022 that didn't come out this year necessarily to our loyal fans and listeners? This is the last time I'll have to talk about it. It is mass effect, mass effect, mass effect. It all, all roads lead back to mass effect. Um, played through it twice this year. Um, and it was amazing. I also want to give a small shout out to Returnal. That's PlayStation. And I apologize, gentlemen, but uh, Returnal is very good. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's time to put a cork in Mass Effect and move on with my life after this evening. Very nice. Jose, what about you? What was the best game you played uh, in 2022 that didn't necessarily release this year? So uh, a quick, two quick honorable mentions. I played Inside for the first time, really enjoyed Inside. It was at the behest of my co-hosts. They said I'd love it. They were absolutely right. Super bizarre, but I but I dug it. I love the puzzle nature. So check that out if you like a short game. I also, for the first time, my second runner-up, or I should say first runner-up, is I played Grand Theft Auto V for the first time, and I loved it. I really, really, really loved it. And it would have easily taken my my win, but then something came along as a dark horse, thanks to good old Daddy D. Wally, and that is South Park, the Stick of Truth. Legitimately one of the funnest games I have ever played in my life, to the point where I was laughing out loud by myself. It made me want to go back and watch all of the South Park seasons. Instantly purchased the fractured butthole. Oh my god. I didn't and I instantly bought fractured butthole. Um, just, and I, and I haven't started fractured because of what's coming out next week, because I don't want to rush through it. I genuinely enjoyed playing through everything, the story. And again, genuinely from my gut laughing, watching it now, granted, if you get offended easily, you probably aren't listening to the show to be fair. Uh, but also it, it is not for the faint of heart, definitely not something for in front of kids, but I absolutely loved uh, the stick of truth. I mean, literally amazing, amazing gaming, super happy. I super hope they delete or they release a third game at some point for sure. Very good, Jose and, and bubble boy. I know you had to make a change here. Uh, what was your favorite what? game? I can, I can get to do it. 20, Why don't I get to 20, do it? No, 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 he didn't. He put an yes, asterisk. He did. He said honorable Just mention. Do it. Do it. Okay. My favorite non-2022 release of 2022 was Forza Horizon 5. Yeah, fair. Boring. All right, very good. Moving on. Uh, Come on. It was it's not like it's a Sony first. Save it, save it. I got I got a PlayStation 1. Let's save it. Now, closing the awards. We have made it to our 2022 game of the year all of these games came out in 2022 and they are all playable on xbox um who would like to go first or do you guys want me to lead off with my five nominations chipotle bear go ahead oh i didn't do five nominations but uh I, i'm like it's an easy one for me and yeah i didn't name it for any of my other awards because i felt like it easily deserved this one and that is elden ring I mean, even as a non-Souls person, had literally never really ever played any of the other Souls games. I tried to play three, Dark Souls 3 ahead of it, and I got like two levels in and stopped. I loved Elden Ring. And I mean, it was to the point where it consumed our lives. We thought about it when we were at work. We thought about it when we were making dinner. We couldn't wait to talk to each other and say, try this thing, find this thing, go check this dungeon out. And because it was so big and you could take it in so many directions, I didn't feel like there was even a clear guide at first to the point where people were literally just exploring. And, you know, it, if 
you guys said it several times. If you had a build you didn't like, people would just be like, nope, restarting, right? Like, And it, it didn't feel like a chore because despite whatever build you had, there was so much to do. A huge shout out to From Software. You know, I'm, I'm sure an Elden Ring 2 at some point is going to be coming down the road and you know we're all going to be there day one doing the same thing. I loved my mage build. I love when Dan helped me cross the finish line. We love ch- chatting with Claire to Square about her endeavors there, right, man? So I there's literally easily no other game that I could nominate than Elden Ring for sure. Congrats to them. Does anyone else have any nominations or would you just like to say your game of the year? Yeah, it was mine was exactly the same as Jose. It's Elden Ring. And the only thing I'll add is that it's that's a generational game. It's one that will be made and remade and kind of like Skyrim and Grand Theft Auto. It'll be two generate console generations from now. People still be playing that game. The piece that made it so amazing, aside from all the gameplay and stuff, um, was the social aspect of it, even though it's not really a multiplayer game. Yeah, the, I mean, it kind notes. of was. Yeah, and and we and I'm even talking like and even seeing like the deaths and when you're seeing people roaming around, but I'm saying even even in actual life the social side. So um, I know I had told the story way back then, but the the ladies at Gateway all had this like Wednesday or Thursday morning yoga club that they did, and me and Eric and Glunzy had uh, Elden Ring support group. Like that's how big that game was. That's how amazing it was. Like we were literally connecting on a human personal level because of that game. And I just don't know anything else that's even come close to doing that. And and since I can remember bacon, what about you? What was your 2022 game of the year for Xbox? Uh, A quick shout out to nominations would be the Cowabunga collection and uh, shredders revenge. Of course, uh, high on life is also very high this year. I really did enjoy that. Um, and of course, modern warfare campaign was very good as well. And, uh, of course it goes without, uh, any controversy. It's going to be Elden Ring. Uh, I really wanted God of War to be there, but it's going to be Elden Ring as my game of the year. And I'll close off here, gentlemen. Uh, my top five games this year. Number five, Cuphead, The Delicious Last Course, Studio MDHR. Number four, High in Life, Squanch Games. Number three, Super Perils of Baking from Lily Mo Games. Bacon knows about that. That's a good number one for you, Number two, Tunic, Finji Games. But of course, number one, a unanimous all-around game of the year from the Nerd Chat for 2022 is in fact Elden Ring from Software. And I'll just close with this. I had never played a Souls game before in my life, guys. And then I played Elden Ring. I got a thousand out of a thousand on it. Got the platinum for PS5, platinum for PS4. And then I played Dark Souls 3, and I just completed Dark Souls 1, and I'm about to play Dark Souls 2. I'm obsessed. This game just absolutely blew me away in every way. I, the only other game I could think of that was even close to this was Skyrim. And it is truly a game of a generation. It is so special for so many reasons. And I think what I like most about it is it just lets you play. Like I've come to really appreciate games that just let me play and not force me to watch endless cutscenes or slows down for loading or, you know, I, I absolutely love the gameplay of the souls games and I have to shout out JBiz. I was completely wrong about these, Bogus, and I get it now. These games are incredible. Shout out to our 2022 game of the year, Elden Ring from From Software. Guys, let's jump into our 
top or we have five random awards we'd like to give out to games this year. I know Bubble Boy has like thirty-seven apparently. I so did three. I did. I have three. five. I'm surprised you didn't do five. So who? Why don't we? We'll go first, so you can have your last three to match up with this. Jose, do you have five? Bacon, do you have five awards? Okay, so I'll start us out here. So here's my first award. We'll go me, Bacon, Jose, me, Bacon, Jose, and then we'll get get chance in there once we get down to three. So my first award is the Kaka Award, a.k.a. the worst game I played, but also somehow still got a 1,000 out of a 1,000 on it, goes to Crossfire X. Man, oh. don't freaking play this game. Oh, so bad. Gosh. So bad. Bacon, what is your first random award you'd like to give out? Uh, my first random award would be the biggest disappointment, and I'm not all the way through it, and I'm halfway in. It, it, I think it all comes back to my anger with Sony at this point was the disappointment that was God of War. I expected a lot more. I expected a lot of change. I expected a, a, a progression or an evolution, and we did not get it. It's more of the same. Great game, but I expected much more. Jose, your award, please. So mine is called the Dylan and Dutch Award after the Academy Award winning movie Predator, uh, two of the main <laughs> characters. And it's uh, for Modern Warfare 2 uh, because it's one of those games where, again, if it was up to me and like if I wasn't part of the nerd chat, if I didn't have friends, I would probably never pick up Warzone. But every time I'm on it, Alan's like, you've been invited by Pack Attack to play it. I'm always like, you son of a bee. Yeah, you in, always say which yes. Which is exactly yeah. like what happens in Predator in that famous scene with the tough arm. So that is my award number one. All right. My next award is called the best game I played on PS5 this year. Uh, that goes to Elden Ring. I played it twice on PS5. I played the PS5 version and the PS4 <laughs> version. And also on there is the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I played it this year as well. Did my full official horrible Renegade run. So shout out to the PS5 for letting me play Elden Ring multiple times, Mass Effect. I also played Ghost of Tsushima and like Horizon, I think. But no, those were the best games I played. Bacon, what is your next award? My next award is titled Pixels Make Perfect. And it's just a throwback to the pixel art that was Vampire Survivor. I'm pretty sure that was made on a toaster, coded on a cell phone. It was in, it shows that games don't have to have perfect graphics. They don't have to have a story of any kind. And it should just be stupid, mindless fun. Jose, what's your next award? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I was going to say something different, but I'll add my other, my next award is the My Strange Addiction Award also to Vampire Survivors because it was exactly that. Like I heard about it and I was like, oh, I'll check it out. And I played a couple games and I lost pretty early. And then I, was, I hit the first time I hit like enough to get to like level 10, 12 and I was hooked, man. And literally for like three days straight, I was playing in bed. I was playing at work. I was playing at home. I had to literally be like, I got to stop, at, you know, but a shout out to the nun. She's my dog. Uh, and I love the the Bible, and I love the garlic. Shout that out, all right? Ooh, the garlic, yeah. You can't. I can't do a run. Yeah, I've heard. The I've even heard about this garlic. Okay. Um, my next award is the best two dollar game award, and this goes to Ghoul Boy from Dolores Entertainment. Ghoul Boy, I remember telling you guys, was a simple little platformer in the spirit of Castlevania, and I loved it. And it was two dollars. Had a blast playing it. So shout out to Ghoul Boy. From Dolores Entertainment. Bacon, what's your next award? My next award is the game I have to stop playing, and that is Warzone. I just got to stop playing it. I'm sorry. Too much time. It's a time suck. 
And Jose, your next award. Mine uh, is a, is an homage to Chance. It's called the Dad Boat Award, and it is to Power Wash Simulator because similarly, it's one of those where like when I got five minutes, I'm like, you know what needs to be cleaned? That sidewalk right there. I got my girls <laughs> playing it. Victoria seen me play it, and it is just weirdly addicting and relaxing. Yep. So huge shout out to Power Wash Simulator. Yeah, Bubble yep. Boy, jump in here. Tell us your first of random awards, please. All right. The Daddy Daughter Date Award, which is the game that was the most fun for me and Cora to play together. She insisted I put this one in here. Um, and that goes to very easily Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Very nice. And my next award is titled the worst sequels ever made award. And I played Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6. Gosh, you guys, it is insane that we got Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil Village because those games were horrible. They're worse. Five is worse than you remember. And six is one of the worst games I've ever played. Bacon, what's your next award, please? This is the last random ward I have, and it is the fastest uninstall I've ever done, and that goes to Peppa the Pig after I got the thousand and forty minutes. Oh, man. I thought I thought yours was going to be Persona Five. Uh, Jose, what about you? What was your <laughs> next award? So mine is called the best fun size banger, and it goes to Tinykin. Like I said, I really enjoyed that game, and I will tell anybody that's definitely worth their time. If you're looking for an awesome indie, like an probably eight hour playthrough to get almost a hundred, a thousand out of a thousand, definitely check out Tinykin. Super awesome game. And Bubble Boy, your next award. Oh, God, this one hurts my soul. The Rock, Paper, Scissors Award, um, which goes for the game that made me think, why do I have to squeeze through so many rocks? Can there be a loot drop that makes me as thin as a piece of paper to bypass all this squeezing? And please, developers, the next time you want to add this to a game, get some scissors and cut it out. Somebody answer that for me. What game am I talking God about? Of War, Ragnarok, mm, of that's course. That's the one. That is the one. I'd rather see a loading screen for a split second. Like, honestly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. A beautiful <laughs> yeah. vista, anything, yeah. a big middle yeah. finger. <laughs> you're, on, you're on fire, brother. You're on fire, brother. Next. Oh, next. Oh, gosh. And I love that guy, too. Next award, my final one is my new favorite games award. And this, of course, goes to Dark Souls 3, Dark Souls 1, Elden Ring, and all the Soulsborne games that I've recently played. I love them all. Uh, th that is best, my new favorite games award. Bacon, you said you were done. So Jose and Chance finishes off here, boys. So my last award is called the PhD Player Haters Degree Award, and it has got to go to none other than Gotham Knights. I know a lot of people hated Gotham Knights. I know Chance doesn't like Gotham Knights. Um, and again, I I made a comment earlier about how I wanted to nominate it for Best Story. This was the other game I was talking about because the source material for the Court of Owls in the Batman universe is an amazing story. Like it is an it is one of my favorite graphic novels I've ever read, and so I was so pumped for it. And I, I don't want to say that it was a terrible story because I don't, I don't think it was. It wasn't what I wanted. And even though I think it redeemed itself a little bit at the end, um, it just it just I don't think it came together in the way that everybody hoped. And, and I think what honestly happened is they spent too long hyping it up and it became this thing that like it could have never reached that. No game could have. And so it's very unfortunate to me because I really enjoyed my playthrough. I really 
I took my time with it. I enjoyed the views. I also played as Batgirl, which I've heard from other people is the best character to play at if you like the traditional Batman style because of the way she traverses the city and stuff. I love the representation there. So even though everyone hates on it, I really enjoyed my playthrough of Gotham Knights. Now, again, I understand if you want to wait till it's like $15 or if you never want to play it, cool. I get it, man. But I really enjoyed it. So that's my last one, the Player Haters Degree Award. Bubble Boy, give us your final random award for 2022. Very, very strangely, I'm going to piggyback off that to the Mega Constructs Award for the game that really wanted to be great and wasn't bad, but just will never be as good as the real thing. You can see behind me my Master Chief Mega Constructs. Looks great, right? It's not bad. And I got the Lego over here, and they're just it's just not the same. Gotham Knights, you are not Arkham Games. It wasn't done by Rocksteady. I I just, oh my God. I, there's so many things that I had to struggle through with that game. The controls were so, so bad. All the different traversal things were so bad. Um, the, the bike, the bat cycle thing, that was the slowest. I tried to come up with like 12 different awards for the worst vehicle in gaming this year, and I couldn't ever nail one down because of I just was like, no, that's not the bat cycles not good enough to justify that i don't know um i did get a thousand out of thousand so i like you can hate on that because it was after you get past how janky and clunky and it froze on me 17 times um i i did like trying to go for the thousand i don't know i don't know how to describe it it wasn't the worst game ever but love hate love hate exactly like it that's it's the mega constructs right who's your playthrough i'm just curious i like the analogy so i did red hood um i started as red hood and i was like oh my god he's this is the worst character ever and i was like maybe it's because he's so overpowered like that they had to make him clunky and janky and so then i went to robin and i was like okay i like robin actually was a little more fluid but then i did robin's like magic traversal thing which was the laziest thing i've seen in gaming in a long time so um batgirl has like the the same as batman like the cape thing um nightwing has like a glider that he does red hood has this mystic jump that's kind of weird um Robin literally disappears. The whole screen kind of goes into this fuzzy computer looking thing. And then you just like hold over for three seconds and then he respawns there. And then you can't do it again for like a second. It's Mm. awful. It was the worst. Like I was just like, I can't play as Robin. And I was having fun in the combat as Robin. I couldn't do the traversal. And I had just played, like I said, I had played Marvel. If you listen, I played uh, Miles Morales not long ago. And when you put those next to each other, it they don't even compare. So I I, glad I played it, but Mega Constructs Award. Well, I just want to point out we had five minutes there just on Gotham Knights. Very controversial. One guy loves it, one guy hates it, and there you have it. The twenty twenty two, the Nerd Chat, first official game of the year awards. I loved our winners and nominations, guys. I I think we had a great uh, diverse uh, selection of games. So please tell us, write us in, comment on our YouTube, and let us know what your favorite games of 2022 were. And we are so excited for 2023 because it's a little overwhelming, boys. So guys, let's close the show like we always do with the best food we had this week. Bacon, why don't we start with you? What was the best food you had? Oh, my wife was home all day yesterday enjoying a snow day, so she made a pretty good pot roast in the 
in the slow cooker and it was ready when I got home and it was uh, pretty tasty. And uh, yeah, that's roughly it. All mm. right. Very nice. I'll, oh, I'll tie in right there with you, Bacon. Uh, Allie, just the other day in the crock pot, put some chicken, some gravy and stuffing and there was another side and it was, it felt like Thanksgiving and it was delicious, you guys. So she's like, I'm just going to do this next year. Screw making a turkey. So a uh, shout out. I, I'm guys, I'm a huge fan of that dang box stuffers. I, I love that damn stuffing. So it, it is so good. Delightful. I love it. Chipotle bear what was the best food you had this week. So uh shout out to uh saw my parents on Monday it was their anniversary. We did some Domino's pizza, which man, I'm coming around on. I do really enjoy me some Domino's. Uh in addition, kind of like Bacon said, because of the snow to yesterday, we went to my in-laws and my mother-in-law made some beans and red chili, like homemade, which was fantastic. But my, this week, my award goes to my incredible wife because we were out running errands on Sun or Saturday, Sunday, one of the days, and she was like, We were like, where do you want to go to lunch? And you, we have kind of our staples because of the kids and stuff. And I don't know where Victoria was like, let's go to good times. And I literally like perked up in my chair, like, yes, absolutely. Like, and she, she even laughed at me because I got so excited, got some delightful wild fries. I found out one of my students works there. So I want to find out what's actually in the wild sauce so I can just make it at home. Um, but it was absolutely delightful, man. Definitely not great for me because it's just, it's good times. It's not healthy, but it was really, really tasty. So shout out to, to good times. Bubble boy what was the best food you had. Oh, I have a, a glorious update for everybody because I've I've been um, holding fast with the diet. Um, however, I was allowed. I actually got two cheats this week, um, but I had, and and I don't know if it's because of the diet or not. The best Chipotle burrito I've had in a decade, I have to say. Um, and it's from the one on Parker Main Street. I pulled the classic Daddy D Wally, um, just just a tiny bit of brown rice and then uh, barbacoa. Oh, you know what? Actually, make that double barbacoa. And this thing, I, I think, what did I say in the nerd chat? Like it was could have been confused for a compact car. Like it was like this big, this burrito that I had. And this and again, maybe it was because <laughs> maybe it was because I haven't had um delicious carbs or dairy or meat in such a long time. But I I literally I need to, I'm going to get back on. I meant to do this earlier. I'm going to write them a review. I've never like written a restaurant, a review or anything like that. Like I just need to shout out to that, uh, Chipotle on Parker main street. Did it destroy your stomach? I'm just curious after not doesn't matter. For a while. It doesn't matter. Oh, who okay. cares? I, who knows? Not who cares. Sorry. Like I wouldn't remember if, if it did, my brain has blacked all of that out because of how delicious the burrito was to begin with. Um, but yes, yes, it did. Very nice. Gentlemen, this has been the Nerd Chat episode 90. My name is Daddy Diwali. You can follow me at Daddy Diwali across all social media. You can follow the show at the Nerd Chat across all social media. Chipotle Bear, where can people find you? Yeah, if you want to chat, we've been chatting a lot on Twitter, Chipotle underscore bear. Feel free to hit me up, ask questions, or of course, critique, give us offerings, how to make this better. We love making content for all our fans. Uh, would love to hear some from some staples. Haven't heard from Claire in a while. I know she's been busy, that kind of stuff. And Jay Biz, I know he's also busy teaching. You can also find me on Instagram at Chipotle Bear. And very soon you can find me on Twitch. The channel's already up there, Twitch slash Chipotle Bear, but not a lot of content yet. I promise it's coming soon. And Bubble Boy, where can people find you? In mind, not body and spirit, Arrowhead Stadium, cheering on your future Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Bacon, where can people find you? 
Uh, you can find me at X Bacon, Gase, X Bacon Gaming on all your major socials. Uh, if you guys like what we're doing here, we'd appreciate a like, a subscribe, a comment, a rating on any of the podcast services. Let us know what we're doing right, wrong, uh, and we appreciate your time. As always, gentlemen, see you online. See you online. See you online. See you online. See you online, guys. Why have you been acting so messed up towards me? Why you been acting so messed up towards me? Well, you go first. I don't know, maybe I felt like a little threatened or something because your career is kind of just blossoming and mine's kind of winding down or whatever. And I felt like this guy's really hurting me. And it hurt. And I felt like when you told me to derelict my balls, that really hurt. Maybe I was scared, man. The Nerd Chat, an Xbox podcast, is a podcast celebrating all things gaming, food, and the good old days. The show was created by Daniel Walensic, and you can follow him at Daddy Diwali across all social media. The assistant to the co-host is Jose Martinez, and you can follow him at Chipotle underscore bear. The assistant to the assistant to the co-host is Chance Siegel, and you can follow him at BubbleBoyN7. The intern to the assistant to the assistant to the co-hosts is Jason Jarrett, and you can follow him at XBaconGaiman. You can also follow the show at The Nerd Chat across all social media, and if you'd like to find out more about the show, visit nerdchatmedia.com.